you know, I still get people that are coming to my page like, oh my God, I was your biggest fan on Guys Week Project. So I do have a handful of them. Would I say that my my website and my social media did not skyrocket? So I don't want people to think that just because you're on a TV show that that means that you're going to skyrocket because that's not necessarily true. But I got a lot of connections. I still have residual people coming to me saying, oh, this is what you were. And honestly, it just gave, gave me more credibility. That's my friend, Lindsay Green, who was, as you heard, on a reality TV show. And it totally helped her brand. She is more popular online than she was before the reality TV show. But it wasn't just being on reality TV that grew her brand. It was what she did with it and how she leveraged it. People still think that we live in this build it and they will come world. And that's not the world we live in anymore. And Lindsay's going to break down step-by-step not only how she got on reality TV, but what she did with it to build her brand. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Lindsay, thank you so much for chatting with me. We've known each other for a few years now, probably two, I would guess. We met at a restaurant because you were food blogging here in South Florida, right? I think so. I think it's been at least a few years, actually. Uh, there was another blogger that was hosting a um, like a class. I think that I met you there. And she was just saying like how to identify yourself as a blogger. And we, we ended up chatting after that for sure. And then I'm sure we went to other events together Yeah, <laughs> while I was in South Florida. And you have come a long way, but let's start at the beginning from just to give listeners an idea of where we're going to go with this. She went from food blogger to reality TV, and now she's just like this food extraordinaire, branded, amazing, (laughs) wonderful person online. So let's go back to the beginning because I remember having conversations with you. You were getting ready to move and you were like, should I be a South Florida based food blogger? Should I do it like this and like that? So tell me like the very beginning pre-reality show, what kind of stuff you were doing online and specifically where online you were doing all of this stuff. Okay. So when I first started, I, I was kind of confused about like, what, what should my brand identity be? Should I be to your point? Should I be, you know, location specific? Should I be the South Florida food blogger? Should I try to be everywhere? Like what kind of content am I going to try to put out? Uh, and when I did start, I was posting recipes actually. And Recipes can be pretty time consuming, especially if you're not a recipe developer like me. Uh, So that ended up getting really old really, really fast. And so at the beginning, I ended up switching gears within the first like three to four months, I'd say, um, of just going out and reviewing the food that I ate out instead. Because I mean, the thing that I like to do the most is eat and I love to cook too, but eating is really my favorite. And I always 
knew that I had something to say and wanted to give my opinion about the foods that I ate out. So, and a quick add on to that. I'm just like one of those people that cannot stand having a bad meal. And so I looked up to all of these other people online to find out where I should eat and trusting their opinion to go out and find the right thing, you know? And so after being led in the wrong direction X amount of times, I decided, okay, I really need to become this honest person that goes and just like leaves real reviews for everything that I eat. So that's kind of where I, I started with my platform. And if y'all have not followed Lindsay yet, y'all, she can eat like this girl. (laughs) I am, I like, I watch these videos and I like, she eats like a 400 pound truck driver and she is the (laughs) cutest littlest thing. It's amazing to watch. (laughs) Well, yeah, it, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I really do. I love, love, love to eat. And ever since I was younger, it that was sort of what I was known for. Like when I was in like middle school and high school, even elementary school, like I would have friends' parents say that I couldn't come over for dinner because they didn't have enough food to feed me. Um, my mom would have to make like way more food if she knew I was going to be home from college, like that sort of thing. And so it actually like kind of stressed me out transitioning out of that because you know you get to a certain age where you're like uh yeah my body can't really (laughs) support all of this food the way that it used to and so it's been like a constant struggle my whole life with like really truly loving to eat not just food in general but just like a lot of food (laughs) when I eat and like trying to not become a 400 pound truck driver (laughs) well you work out so that helps Yeah, for sure. CrossFit definitely helps. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. So you're food blogging, you're doing this stuff that basically you appreciate others doing. So now you're doing it for others looking up to your channel. Tell us about how you eventually got on reality TV for your love of food. Like what was that whole process like? So, so we started in South Florida, obviously. And when, when my now fiance and I moved up to Atlanta, I had a decision to make. I was like, okay, what kind of content do I want to be continually producing? So I ended up landing on these, oh, I'm going to do top five articles. So once I started doing the top five articles, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is just way too time consuming. What am I going to do? So I end up starting to just post individual reviews. So I'm on this whole, I'm posting individual reviews. That's all I'm doing. And then out of the blue, some uh, a friend of mine in Atlanta sends me the casting call for Guys Big Project, and I <laughs> I remember specifically looking at it and seeing calling all home cooks, food bloggers, and normally I would have never applied to something like like this because I'm not a trained chef. Um, you know, I haven't gone to culinary school or anything like that. Um, but it, because it said food bloggers, I knew okay, so they're looking for more amateur type people. And this was for a hosting position. And I had always like the end goal was always to be like a food personality. I didn't want to just take pictures and post it online. I wanted to be more than that. So even though it made me super duper uncomfortable and I waited until the very last minute to submit something, I spent, you know, an afternoon creating this pitch video to submit to them. And a few hours before it was due, I I put it online. And yeah, and then they called me, I want to say a few hours after that, 
And it was just a whirlwind. I like literally couldn't believe it <laughs> because I'd never done anything like that before. I'd never been on camera. I'd always been super shy, actually, um, on camera. But off camera, I'd always been told, oh, Lindsay, you're a cartoon character. You'd be so perfect on camera. So it was this like, I feel like I should do it, but I don't know if I'll be any good at it. But, you know, there's only one way to find out kind of thing. Okay, I want to touch on two things that you said there. One... After you moved to Atlanta, somebody approached you with this. So to me, that tells me you were doing a good job of putting yourself out there. I mean, obviously you had a blog, you had an Instagram channel. I feel like so many people are afraid of putting themselves out there. And this just goes to show that when you put yourself out there, somebody's going to see what you're doing. They're going to see an opportunity for you. And then they're going to let you know about it. If you're not putting yourself out there, nobody can do that because they don't know what the hell you're doing. So you were letting people know what you were doing. And the second point, which I think is an even better point, is that you waited until the last minute to do this because you felt uncomfortable. And so many people in business don't want to do what feels uncomfortable. And Right. Oh, absolutely. I have experience, and I'm sure, obviously, you have. That's why you're here. (laughs) That when you step out of your comfort zone to do something – that's almost a sign that you should be doing it. Like it feels uncomfortable. You're afraid to do it. That means you should be doing it. It means it's the next step to grow your business. And as a blogger or an influencer, whether it be on Instagram or online on, you know, an actual blog, you are a business and you are branding yourself as a business. So I just wanted to touch on those two points, putting yourself out there and doing what feels uncomfortable because that is what makes your business grow. Okay. So oh, absolutely. You heard back from them pretty fast because you waited till the last minute. So then what happened? Yeah. So I, I heard back from them and there was a series of interviews. So I, I had my initial phone conversation where I went absolutely insane, obviously. And then I had um, a Skype interview with them, another a couple of phone calls. And when I was in New Orleans, which was only maybe two to three three weeks, probably only two weeks after the initial interview, I was in New Orleans for my best friend's wedding. And I got a call that I was cast and that I was basically leaving in like a week and a half to film this show. Because again, I had waited until the last minute. So um, tell me what those conversations were like, like what kinds of questions were they asking you to see if you would be a good fit? You know, for them, it's a lot to do with personality. And sure, they want to know that you know a little bit about what you're talking about. So they'll ask um, kind of food-related questions. But most of it was like, what's your relationship with food? Like, what's what's the history? of Like, why are you so interested in it? Um, and then the other thing, of course, was we had to come up with a show concept. So I had to pitch my show concept to them, which, if I could be honest, it was entirely different than <laughs> what it was on the actual show. Um but those are the type of conversations they had. They just wanted to see how open you were, like in any reality TV show or, you know, anything where you're going to be on the camera. They have to know you're going to be entertaining and open and not just like closed up and not say anything the whole time, <laughs> you know. So what was your concept that you pitched, but it never happened? <clears throat> so originally, I thought it would be super fun to be the host of a show where I would go to like fairs, uh, festivals, food truck events, like anything with like a ton of different type of, of easily accessible food and have contestants there that would have to go out and find the, what they thought was the best thing 
at the festival and then they would all bring them back and we'd all try them and decide on on the winner. And this was kind of based around a birthday party that I had <laughs> my my 30th birthday. We basically did that. We went around Atlanta to two different markets and we split into teams and everybody tried something from each market and we all voted on a winner. And then we voted on like the winner of all the markets at the end of the day. And it was so much fun. So yeah, that ended up being my, my uh, show concept. I think it's a pretty good idea. <clears throat> right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the so problem then... with the show is that, you know, you need way more people to do that. And this was supposed to be just about you. So I ended up having to change my concept on the show, but no bigs. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So tell us about when you do start filming, what that is like and how your concept <clears throat> changed. So you know, they said, Lindsay, you have to change your concept because this has to be about you, obviously. And so uh, I honestly didn't really know what my concept was going to be on the way to the first challenge for the show. Um, so I'm kind of sitting there trying to reimagine what I want this to be. And Instagram, of course, immediately came up in my mind. And so I thought, okay, what are the things that I like about Instagram or the things I find interesting about Instagram? And that was the quote unquote crazy creations, you know, all of these like obnoxious things that we see. And for me, I wanted to be able to say whether they were good or not. You know, you see these like pizza pot pies is one thing that I mentioned. And like, I don't know, <laughs> ice creams that are in fish, <laughs> fish cones or whatever they are. Um, you know, they all look cool, but do they actually taste good? So that ended up being what I wanted my, my concept to be in the long run. I like um, it. That's good too. <laughs> yeah. So that ended up being what we went with for the rest of the time that I was on the show. But of course, you know, the food network doesn't really say anything bad about any, <laughs> any food that they eat. It's more of, you know, a promotional channel. So I, it's sort of for the best, I think that it didn't work out because I'm, I don't know how a fully honest blogger <laughs> can really be preaching on the food network, but you know, that's neither here nor there. No, that makes sense. So tell us about the show. So it's you, it's a bunch of other people trying to host their own show. And what was the experience like while you were shooting? Uh, so the show, it was, all of us are basically, it's like the next Food Network star, but on the road. So instead of it being for your own cooking show, it's for your own Food Network road, road show. And so each of us had a different concept and all of the challenges were hosting challenges. So they would be like for the intro and they were all kind of based around a diners, drive-ins and dives episode. So one, one uh, would be about you in the kitchen with the chef and talking with the chef while he's cooking. Another would be the intro. Another would be the outro, you know, like there's different parts to these shows and they were testing us on each, each part of the show. And so all of our days looked different, obviously, but we would show up on location most of the time or be like waiting to be on location someplace. And then we would go in and, and there's a lot of waiting around. I'm sure you know that <laughs> there's a lot of waiting around, <laughs> a lot of waiting around in TV. Um, and then, yeah, we were just like put out in the open, um, tons of strangers around all the time. And we were just told like, this is the challenge. This is what you have to do. And then we had to just go and do it. <laughs> so it was very nerve wracking. Um, and to your point before, uh, mentioning being uncomfortable, like this is like the Mecca for uncomfortableness. You know, I, I've led my entire life up to this point 
not putting myself in these uncomfortable situations. And here I am in front of Guy Fieri and Alex Guarnaschelli, who's an iron chef, who I'm, whom I've looked up to for years and years. And I'm literally standing in front, in front of them having to perform like right then. And so, you know, these experiences definitely help you. Uh, you know, you're uncomfortable so many times, maybe the 10th time you're not as uncomfortable as you were the first time. You know, it's just about continuously showing up to these places that you don't necessarily want to be at the time, um, knowing that it can get you in a better place in the long run. And that's what every single one of these episodes was like for me. I I can imagine. I mean, I know lots of people, they start their own businesses and their own brands because they want to do what they want to do. But what they don't realize is that to grow, you have to do what you don't want to do. It's not always about what you want to do. Okay. So you're shooting the reality show And obviously this stuff, I don't know what schedule they're on, but I'm assuming it took a few months to start airing. Like nobody knew what you were doing while you were doing it. Were you allowed to share on your social media what you were doing while it was happening? Or did you have to wait until it started airing to say anything? Yeah, I wasn't allowed. We were, you know, in communication with their PR team and the PR team basically said, okay, now you can tell people, but that wasn't until like we shot the, the show in May. And I think at the beginning of October, I was able to tell people. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like my my fiance knew my parents knew um, because I couldn't just leave <laughs> and not tell anyone where I was going. But everybody else did not know. And so I am a terrible secret tell- keeper, by the way. <laughs> so this was like almost as impressive as me being on the show to begin with <laughs> that I didn't tell anybody. Uh, but yeah, and then the show aired in November. And I can't believe it's only been one year and all of this stuff has happened. <laughs> okay, but nothing really. I mean, obviously in your life, when you're shooting in May, things are happening. But things really aren't happening for you as it relates to everybody seeing it until November. So I can imagine that you're earning all of this publicity in November. So your social media is going crazy. Your website visitation is like through the roof. Tell us what it's like when people start to actually see you and your expertise in your brand in November. Um, Well, if I can be honest, um, I think that the larger impact that I got from all of my platforms was just from me announcing it. Um, I think that what people really feed into is, uh, something more genuine. And I, I was so overwhelmed with emotion from being chosen for something like this, that it just spread like wildfire. Like I posted a video announcing that I was on the show to Facebook live Um, I posted it on my Instagram and people were just like, oh my goodness, like this is just, you know, it's so heartfelt. I can feel your excitement. I'm crying in the video, you know, that sort of thing. As far as, uh, publicity after that goes, you know, I still get people that are coming to my page like, oh my God, I was your biggest fan on guys big project. So I do have a handful of them. Would I say that my, my website and my social media did not skyrocket. So I don't want people to think that just because you're on a TV show, that that means that you're going to skyrocket. Cause that's not necessarily true, but I got a lot of connections. I still have residual people coming to me saying, oh, this is what you were. And honestly, it just gave, gave me more credibility 
in the long run. You know, I was on a Food Network show. People see that. I'm able to put it in my bio. You know, it, it makes me more credible, especially as a food blogger. So, you know, I, it, it's not like a magic pill. You're on a TV show and then all of a sudden you're going to, you know, everyone knows who you are. That's not true. <laughs> but it is, it, it doesn't hurt. That's for damn sure. I could kiss you right now for saying all of those things because <laughs> that like everybody thinks, right, that when it comes to earning publicity, whether it be you're on a reality show or, you know, it's, it's more like the publicity where I get my clients where, hey, you have a cooking segment on TV or a write-up here. People think, oh, I'm there. Now I'm famous and I can do everything in the world. And Really, it's just little by little. That's just one media hit. You need lots of media hits in lots of different places. But you honed in on the most important aspect of all of this, which is it makes you more credible. Like if we're looking at working with somebody in the food industry as an influencer, obviously we're going to choose somebody who has been on a Food Network show over somebody who hasn't. And that's everything. Just by being there, you're more credible and you have authority in your industry. So that is awesome to hear. But this also changed the way you work as a food blogger and influencer. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, before, before the show, I had not done any video content. I mean, I had done some video content in the form of like, you know, food videos, but nothing with me in front of the camera and just having a little taste of being in front of the camera and knowing what it felt like. And it just like, it excited me. It energized me. It made me feel like maybe this is really what I should be doing. You know, it made me that happy. And so when I got back, I was on a mission. I'm like, all right, I got to start a YouTube channel. And that summer, you know, before anybody knew that I was going to be on the show, um, I started making YouTube videos and up until this past April, it was just sort of like, I'm haphazardly going to place videos on YouTube and hope that they do well. And I have no idea that I even like this style of content that I'm producing, but at least I'm going to produce something and put it on there, you know. Um, now, more recently, it's been definitely more specialized, <laughs> the type of videos that I'm doing, but I would have never started, I don't think, unless I had done this Food Network thing. So, I mean, it... It's not necessarily about pushing you uh, career-wise sometimes in the right direction, like financially or like, you know, what you were saying, like media, credibility. Like sometimes it's just about like what happens within you when you do these things, you know, you like get inspired to, to do the next thing and um, you realize things about yourself that you didn't realize <laughs> before, you know. Um, so it was invaluable to me for several several reasons. And I think that just create creating video content was probably the most invaluable so far. That's awesome. And that's all because you stepped outside of your comfort zone and then you got comfortable with something that took your business to the next level. And I want to talk about your Instagram role quickly. Lindsay is at the underscore hunger underscore diaries. And you have obviously over 25,000 followers as you, you should, because you're great at what you do. You've been doing this for a few years now and hello, you were on the food network. Um, but <laughs> more than just your number of followers, because I hate it when people just talk about how many followers they have, because to me, that means nothing. You mm -hmm. have an amazing engagement rate. I mean, you post the most beautiful pictures. So first off, your content is great looking, which is perfect for Instagram, but you're getting over a thousand likes and you're getting dozens and dozens of comments in what you post. So 
tell me how your Instagram is turning into dollars for you. And not just your Instagram, but I also want to hear about whether it be your blog, your YouTube channel. I want to hear about how you are monetizing your brand because you've really done a good job at branding yourself. So I want to hear about how you're monetizing it. So uh, it's mostly brand deals. You know, Uh, the thing that's tricky for me is that I am an honest food blogger. And I really, really, truly want people to know that that is for real (laughs) because I've gotten asked by several brands to promote them. And it's just not, I I say no to a lot of people. So I, the, the, over the several brands that have reached out to me, I have chosen to work with a handful of them, you know? Um, so I have a long way to go financially before I can completely support myself with the blog because I've created that problem for myself, you know? Um, but brand deals, I mean, that's where the money is. A lot of people I think work with restaurants and they'll do promotions for restaurants. Um, but I, in my opinion, you, you're on either one side or the other, you're either with the restaurants or you're with the people. (laughs) And for me, I'm with the people. And so I, I make sure to let restaurants know before I go in, like if you're inviting me in for a free dinner, then that's great. Just so you know, I rate things on a 10 point system. When a brand reaches out to me, I say, I need to try your product first. If I love the product, if I can stand behind it, then we can talk about a promotion for you because I know that I'll be able to honestly tell people that I would use this product and that they should, you know, um, but that's the name of the game. You just have to, you have to create these relationships with brands. You have to put yourself out there. There's tons of different influencer, like agency platforms that connect influencers with brands, um, meeting different people, like going out to these events and networking. I mean, it all helps you get connected in one way or another. And so that's basically, been my strategy thus far is, you know, finding these brands that I love that I can stand behind and create content for them. And, you know, since I create good content, I, I think that I have, even though I only have the 25,000 followers, cause I, I think only 25,000 at this point, um, I do have the high engagement rate. I do have the really good content to stand behind. So, um, you know, I've felt pretty good about putting myself out there when it comes to these brands because I know that I can create good content for them. And that's what matters. Again, I've done um, a podcast episode with somebody who handles PR for Discover the Palm Beaches, Angela Ledford. You might know her, um, Lindsay. And she preaches on engagement rate. I don't care how many followers you have. If they don't care about what you're posting, then they're worthless to me. So What I'm hearing you say is you basically became an influencer by just trying to be the person that you looked up to or that you looked at on Instagram or on blogs. Like, okay, what's good? Where should I eat? I want to be that person. So it wasn't like you went out saying, oh, I'm going to be an influencer and I'm going to work with brands. Because when people do that and that's their that's their thinking behind what they're doing, it usually doesn't work as well as it has obviously for you. So do you have any last words of advice for people who may be listening who say, 
Um, you know, maybe their niche isn't food. Maybe it's something else. And they say, you know, I want to, I want to do better at this and I want to be more well-known. I want to have more credibility and be the go-to person for people in this industry. What would your advice be to them? For me, um, I would say I am constantly trying to better myself. The two things that I, that I have to like check myself on a lot of the times are education and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if I can sit here and say after like a month has gone by, what have I done this month to make myself uncomfortable? And what have I done this month to educate myself? Because the times that I have, I think, exploded the, the most and improved the most are times immediately following one of those two things. And so after a little while, I just keep having to ask myself that question. What have you done? You know, what classes have you taken? What YouTube videos have you watched? Like, how have you attempted to become better at this? Because as soon as you stop trying to become better, you start getting worse, in my opinion. And if you're not going to put yourself out there, and if you're not going to make yourself uncomfortable, nothing's ever going to happen for you. It's not just going to be presented to you on a silver platter. Just because you work hard at home does not mean that somebody in some distant area that you want seeing you is going to see you. Like You have to make things happen for yourself. It's not luck. You have to just do it. <laughs> so that's those are my two pieces of advice. No, that's amazing advice. I mean, I, I know especially with the get comfortable with being uncomfortable part, my business started really growing after I took out a $15,000 loan to invest in a business coach. I didn't have $15,000 laying around. So I took out a loan and I was making monthly payments. And then when I was ready to invest again, I could pay in full out of my pocket because it grew my business that much. But when you don't have $15,000 laying around and you need to take out a loan and you're thinking like, okay, cross my fingers, I hope this works, you work your ass off and you do what you have to do to make it work. And, you know, I'm sure it's the same with you being on a reality show. You don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. You're in front of these huge Food Network stars and you're like, okay, well, to make this work, I got to get in front of the camera and perform in front of these people. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, that's amazing. That's a great lesson. And if you want to see Lindsay eat like the truck driver that she <laughs> eats like, Lindsay, tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. So obviously on Instagram, I am at the underscore hunger underscore diaries. But if you type in the hunger diaries, you'll see me with noodles hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube, it's technically Lindsay Ryan. My first and middle name, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-R-I-A-N-N -N, is the uh, in the URL. But if you type in the hunger diaries, again, I, the same picture will come up. Um, I'm also on Facebook at uh, at hunger diaries, all one word. And yeah, those are my, oh, and my, my website, www.thehungerdiaries.com. Okay. And we will link to all of this in the show notes. So y'all can just go there and you can find Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling your whole story from blogger to reality show contestant to brand extraordinaire. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Is Lindsay not the best ever? Thank you, Lindsay, for taking time out of your Instagramming food, her crazy videos, you guys. You need to follow her on Instagram. She does those crazy challenges where she'll eat like the hottest thing on earth. 
and she gets so scared before she does it and she puts it all on her Instagram so you can watch. It's the best thing ever, but I am happy to be home. I am back in South Florida after spending some time in San Diego. I met with my mastermind, um, the SPI Accelerator that Pat Flynn put together, and then I spent a couple of days in San Diego just hanging out and doing some fun vacation stuff. There was so much to do there, which really surprised me. I think we did everything under the sun, my family doing a lot more when I was working, Um, but I was grateful to have a couple of days to get out and about in Southern California, and then at the end of the week, I spoke at the Boss Mom Retreat, which was amazing. There were so many awesome some boss moms there. I spoke to all of them about how they can use the media to earn more exposure, doing things like getting on podcasts like this one. So I was super excited to be there and mingle with so many people. Dana Malstaff, head boss mom in charge through the event. She amazes me. She's amazing. So great. Um, But if you are interested in getting more media exposure, or maybe you want to do more podcasts like this one. You want to be a guest on your favorite podcast, or maybe you're after local news because you're a local business, or maybe you want to like hit it big and get an O magazine. That's like the go-to for everybody. Um, Maybe you want to be on morning talk shows. Whatever your choice is, you need to know how to strategically pitch yourself to get the publicity and then turn it into profit. And right now I am working on perfecting a free three-day video series to help you do just that. But in the meantime, I do have something else for you. You can head to mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity, and that will get you in my current five-day email course. And when my pitch publicity profit video series is ready, I will be sure to send you an email, but jump in that email course now at mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity because many people have gone through it and literally a couple of weeks later, they're emailing me telling me, I did everything you told me to do. I'm on TV. I'm in the newspaper. And that makes me so happy that you actually do what you're told and you don't just read it and say, okay, I learned it. Now it's going to happen. No, you actually have to act. You have to put what you learn into action. That's what makes all of the difference. So grab that again. It's at mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity. I will also link to that and all of Lindsay Green's goodness in the show notes. I will see you in the next episode.